Well, good evening and welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study here at the Church of Christ on McDermott Road. We are so thankful that you've chosen to spend just a little bit of time with us this evening as we continue to study about Jesus, as we continue to fix our eyes on Jesus, who is our example in a life that is so very often interrupted. I've been so thankful that we've had this platform, this medium of social media and YouTube and our website, video technology that allows us to encourage each other and to study scripture together even when we can't be together in person. But I am longing for the day when we can once again have our Wednesday night Bible studies back in person, and hopefully we are moving in that direction. Beginning in March, hopefully we will have our adult Bible classes once again meeting on the church campus, meeting together in person. So look for details of that on our website. If you're interested in joining us next month in March, uh, you can go to ccmcdermott.org and find the details about our in-person gatherings, our in-person Wednesday night Bible studies that will, again, Lord willing, begin in March. So we're in incredibly thankful and prayerful that that is going to happen. We long for the day where we can be together so much more than we have been over the last few months. We've been talking about Jesus in our Wednesday night class. We've been talking about Jesus being our example in different areas of our life. So we've been kind of taking a topical approach to the life and the ministry of Jesus and how he sets a perfect example for us and how we lead in our obedience, in our prayers, in everything that we do, Jesus is our example. So we look to Jesus and we ask, how would he handle this situation? Or what does his life show us about how to navigate and deal with this particular situation? And tonight we're going to talk about something that's incredibly important, but it's also incredibly difficult to talk about, and that is humility, that Jesus is our example in humility. I want to talk about what that means. What does humility mean? But before that, I want to talk about why is that so important? I read an interesting study that was recently published, I think it was in 2019, uh, from a professor of psychology at Pepperdine University. And in her study, she found that intellectual humility the, how, how smart we think we are, how intelligent we believe we are. Intellectual humility, those who scored highly in intellectual humility also scored lower on measures of political and ideological polarization, whether that's conservative or liberal. In other words, there is an inversely proportional relationship between humility and polarization. Let me say that again. There is an inversely proportional relationship between humility and polarization. The, the more highly we think of our own intelligence, the more polarized we tend to be on both ends of the political or ideological spectrum. And, and we see that right now in our culture, don't we? We see that people are so very polarized that they look at people who think differently than them and they assume uh, it's because I'm so much smarter or, or they're just foolish or they're evil or they're wicked. And the more highly we think of our own intelligence, the more polarized we are. So the, the more arrogant, intellectually arrogant we become or the less intellectually humble we become, the more polarized we get. So the fact that our culture is 
severely polarized right now is an indication that our culture is lacking in intellectual humility. Now, now we take a look in the mirror, don't we? And we ask ourselves, do I need a lesson in humility? Do I need to learn from Jesus and the way that he taught us and exampled for us to be humble? And, and here's what I always like to say about humility and lessons on humility, that humility is the hardest subject on which to teach because everyone who needs it believes they already have it. Let me say that again. Humility is the hardest subject on which to teach because everyone who needs it believes they already have it, right? When, when we need humility, when we need to think, well, well, we'll talk about what humility means, but those of us that really need a lesson on humility think about ourselves that we don't need a lesson on humility. We think I am a humble person. We can make all kinds of jokes about that, like, they gave me a medal for being humble, but I got it taken away because I wore it all the time. We, we, we make all of those jokes about humility, but the reality is it is very difficult to evaluate whether or not we are humble people. It is very difficult to evaluate whether or not we need a lesson in humility because in those moments where we most need a lesson on humility, those are the moments where we don't think we need a lesson in humility. And we don't think we need a lesson in humility precisely because we are lacking in humility. So that exactly spells out, that spells out exactly why this is such a difficult subject because self-evaluation in regards to humility is so very difficult. And it also brings out an interesting distinction between our culture, which as we said this past Sunday, is an individualistic culture. We tend to be individualists in our culture, whereas the biblical culture, Jesus' culture, was collectivist. So even how we think about humility differs in our culture and in their culture. So in our culture, humility is what we think of ourselves how highly we think of ourselves. And in a collectivist culture, it's more about what does your community think about you? In fact, I was just recently reading a book and he was helping to, to demonstrate the difference between the way individualists think about themselves and the way collectivists think about themselves. And an individualist might say something like, I'm a good person. And, and you hear people say that all the time, right? Maybe you've even said that about yourself. I'm a good person. And in a collectivist culture, they would ask, says who? Who says that about you? Not, not in a way to say, I doubt it, I don't think you are a good person, but in a way to say, you can't make that claim about yourself. You can't say that you are a good person. Other people could say that about you, but you can't say that about yourself. And so as individualists, we tend to think about humility as I need to move myself down in how I think about myself, but as collectivists, they would think we need a change in how other people think about you or how other people think about me. So again, even this area of how we think about ourselves and whether or not we have humility, in our mind, humility is about what do I think of myself. In their mind, it, humility is more about what does the community think about me. And Jesus has a lot to say about both, about both what do you think about yourself and what do other people think about you? Of course, 
for Jesus, it really wasn't what does he think about himself, and it wasn't about what does the community think about me. His real question was, what does God think about me, and what does God think about the things that I'm doing? But even in this discussion, Jesus has some incredibly important things to say, and we all would do well to look to Jesus and evaluate whether or not we are being humble the way he teaches us and examples for us to be humble according to Scripture and not whether or not we simply think that we're humble people. So look at Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And of course they were always arguing about that and everybody wanted to work their way up the ladder and be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And calling to him a child, he put him, the child, in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, in what way should you become like children? That might be the question that we ask, and Jesus is going to answer that. But I think, too, we have to recognize the way we tend to think about children is very different than the way that culture tended to think about children. For us, children are wonderful and are important and are cute and are funny. And a lot of times when there's a group of people, the child is the center of attention and everybody's looking at the child and allowing the child to to sort of entertain them or they're talking about the child. And in fact, a lot of our families and a lot of our homes Our lives kind of, excuse me, revolve around our children. But in that culture, nothing could be further from the truth. That's not at all the way they thought about children. Children were, as as we even used to say in this culture a long time ago, that they were to be seen and not heard, that they weren't necessarily important members of society. They weren't important members of the family. They were the lowest on the social order. They were the lowest on the social ladder. They weren't seen as being important and significant and having a voice to share or an opinion that mattered. And so they ranked very low on the social order at the time. And so Jesus says in verse 4, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So Jesus says in the kingdom, things are upside down. In in society, in the worldly kingdoms, in, in the way society normally functions, the child is at the low end of the social ladder. But Jesus says in the kingdom, the child is incredibly important. In fact, you better not cause one of these little ones who believes in me to sin. And Jesus isn't there just talking about causing literal children to sin. He's saying whoever you think of as the least of these, whoever you think of or society thinks of or the community thinks of as being the lowest, they are significant in the kingdom. And it would be better for somebody to have a millstone tied around their neck than for one of these little ones, one of these ones that people think of as insignificant, to cause them to stumble and sin. And so Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, if you want to be significant in the kingdom, if you want to be important in the kingdom, then you have to rethink the way that you think about importance, significance, greatness. You have to be humbled. 
Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now again, when we think about humility or we think about humbling ourselves, we think about changing the way we think of ourselves. But in Jesus' mind and in Jesus' culture, when Jesus tells people to humble themselves, he's saying, allow the culture, allow the community to think less of you. Move yourself down to a lower rung of the ladder. Move yourself down to a lower seat at the table. And of course, that is incredibly countercultural for their culture or for ours. Because especially in that culture where you are what the community thinks of you, everybody was fighting for their spot in line. Everybody was fighting for their rung on the ladder. Everybody was fighting for their seat at the table. And the same can be true in our culture, can't it? In fact, we have so many things in our culture that we call status symbols. They're symbols for how high up the ladder, how high up the table we are sitting. We have these symbols to tell other people, I'm important, I'm great, I'm significant. And so the disciples had this tendency to think, okay, well, tell us who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, it's the one who's at the low end, at the very bottom of the social ladder, the ones that are poor in spirit, the ones who are mourning, the ones who are persecuted, the ones who are like little children, that, that the society and the culture and the community looks at them and says, they're insignificant, they're unimportant, that is the greatest in the kingdom. And so he tells his disciples, if you want to be great in the kingdom, then you have to humble yourself and become like a child. And again, Jesus isn't necessarily saying about how you think of yourself. He's saying, allow the community, allow the society to think less of you. Be okay with taking a lower rung on the ladder. Be okay with taking a lower seat at the table. And because we tend to think highly of ourselves, because we tend to lack internal humility, it prevents us from taking a societal humble seat, doesn't it? We, we don't want to sit lower at the table because we think we deserve a higher seat at the table. We don't want a lower rung on the ladder because we think we deserve a higher rung on the ladder. We don't want people to think poorly of us because we think people should think highly of us. But Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, if you want to even enter into the kingdom, then you have to be okay with a lower seat at the table. You have to be okay with the lower rung on the ladder. You have to be okay with the society, the community, the culture thinking less of you, even hating you. That's what it means to humble yourself like a child. Humble yourself like the lowest person in your social circle. Okay, let's keep reading because what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 is not just about one specific thing that Jesus did, but in everything Jesus did, he modeled humility. So we're going to kind of step outside of the gospel accounts and look at Paul's letter to the church at Philippi because he's telling the church at Philippi to follow the example of Jesus in the area of humility. He says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation 
in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. This goes back to our sermon series right now on Sunday mornings in February, is that we are one in Christ Jesus. We are one body, we are one family, and we need to have the same love, the same mind, the same joy with one another and share in the Spirit together. He says in verse 3, do nothing, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Again, that's I want my community to think highly of me. I want a higher rung on the ladder. I want a better seat at the table. I want to be in the spotlight. And Paul says, if you're going to follow the example of Jesus, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's it right there. Land right there. Meditate on that. Let that sink in. Paul says this is what it looks like to follow Jesus' example. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. You give up your seat at the table to someone else. And you say, no, 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 you sit there. You take that higher space. I'm going to move down and I'm going to let you move up. That's how we treat each other in the kingdom. We, we have, of course, sometimes where we, we get to a door and somebody opens the door and, and somebody says, you go first. No, 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 you go first, you go first. It's deferring to one another. It's treating other people as if they are your superior, as if they are more significant than you are. In fact, if you put this in military language, it would be almost like treating other people as if they are your commanding officer as if they rank higher than you. That's what humility is. In Jesus' language, in biblical language, humility isn't just how you think about yourself internally. It is culturally being willing to take a lower seat at the table, being willing to take a lower rung on the ladder, being willing to allow other people to think less of you so that you can give your seat to someone else. What if we all functioned this way? What if we all operated this way? Paul says this is the way that it, you should function within the church family. This is the way the church community should act. Not only should we act with humility with outsiders, but especially with insiders, with people on the inside of the church community, we ought to be acting in this way. In humility, consider one another to be more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is the way you should think. This is your mentality in Jesus. Consider others more significant than yourselves. Look out not only for your own interests, but also the interests of others. And then, starting in verse 6, he gives us this, what most Greek scholars think is a song. And, and so it's, it's hard to know, did Paul write this song right then? Or is it a song that the church in Philippi was already familiar with and he is reminding them of this song? And so one way or the other, whether Paul is repeating a song that they already knew or he's giving them a new song, he's, he's giving them this poetic explanation of who Jesus is 
so that they will be constantly reminded about what he just said. In humility, consider others to be more significant than yourselves. And so he lays out Jesus' whole life, Jesus, the whole good news about Jesus to remind them this is the way you are supposed to be if you're following Jesus. He says, who, though he was in the form of God, Jesus was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or held on to. So even though Jesus is equal with God, even though Jesus is on the same rung of the ladder with God, even though Jesus has the same seat at the table, even though Jesus deserves the same honor, the same glory, the same status that the Father deserves, he did not count equality to be on the same level with God, a thing to be held on to. And again, Paul is giving them this song, Paul is reminding them of this song maybe, to share with them and encourage them to think about themselves this way, to live this way, not just an internal thing, but something that works itself out in the way they actually live their life. He said that Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So in other words, whatever rung on the ladder you deserve to be, whatever seat at the table you deserve to have, don't grasp it. Don't hang on to it tenaciously. If you're going to follow Jesus' example, then you have to recognize that he has equality with God, but does not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. But here's what he did. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. He took the status of a servant by being born in the likeness of men. His incarnation is a condescending act. It is a humbling act. Instead of holding on to the glory and the status and the majesty that he had with the Father from the very beginning, he became a human being. He humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant. He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. Do you see that downward trajectory of his life? Where not only did Jesus not grasp on or hold on to equality with God, but he became a human. And not only did he become a human, he took on the form of a servant. And not only did he take on the form of a servant, being in human form, he humbled himself even to the point of death. And then even lower than that, even death on a cross. And a cross was the most humiliating, the most shameful way to die. If someone saw you hanging on a cross, nobody said, oh, uh, that poor guy. They said he deserved it. He, he must have done something horrible horrendous to die in such a way. It was the most embarrassing, the most humiliating, the most shameful way to die. And Jesus willingly did that. He emptied himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now again, Paul isn't just giving the Philippian church good theology, even though it is good theology, he wants that to translate into good living. He wants to, that to translate into discipleship. 
He isn't just saying this was true about Jesus, even though this is true about Jesus. He's saying not only is this true about Jesus, but this should be your mind in Christ Jesus. This is the way you should live in humility. Consider others more significant than yourselves. Therefore, therefore, because Jesus did all of these things, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Do you see that God humbles those who exalt themselves, but he exalts those who humble themselves. For those who are willing to move to a lower seat, to those who are willing to move to a lower rung in order to be obedient to the Father, in order to imitate our Savior, God exalts them. And and Paul is saying, this is what God will do for you. James says the same thing, that God humbles the proud, but he exalts the humble. He exalts us when we humble ourselves. And again, humbling ourselves isn't just about the way we think of ourselves. It is lived out, not just internally, but externally, so that externally, in the way we interact with people, we allow people to think less of us. We allow people to treat us shamefully. We get slapped on one cheek and we don't slap them back. In fact, we turn and let them slap the other one. We allow ourselves to be despised. We allow ourselves to be humiliated. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. And because we trust that if we, in obedience, live out this sort of humility, where we're willing to take a lower seat, where we're willing to take a lower rung, where we're willing to be thought of as foolish, where we're willing to be thought of as weak, if we're willing to do that, God will exalt us. So here's where I want us to land tonight. Following Jesus' example of humility is more than not being arrogant. Jesus' humility is more than not being arrogant. It is being content with others holding a lower view of you than they should. That's what humility is. Humility isn't just don't be arrogant. Humility is allowing others, being content with others thinking less of you, having a lower view of you than they should. And how does this work itself out? Have you ever been in a confrontation and people are saying things and it's going back and forth and for whatever reason, you just keep on, you just keep on arguing. I know I've been there. I know we've all been there. And why do we do that? Why do we just keep arguing, keep arguing? I don't want anybody to think less of me. I don't want them to think I don't have a comeback. Do we do that? Do Do we keep arguing and keep fighting Because we don't want somebody to think we're foolish. We don't want somebody to think we're weak. We don't want somebody to think that we're cowards. And so we keep fighting and we keep pushing. That's not following the example of Jesus. Jesus was willing to be thought of as weak. Jesus was willing to be thought of as foolish. Because he was obeying his father. Because what Jesus was really concerned about was what does my father think of me? 
I'm okay with taking or allowing others to take a low view of me if I know that my Father in heaven takes a high view of me, if I know that he has and he will exalt me, then we can be okay with others taking a lower view of us. That's exactly what humility looks like in the life of a Christian, where we say, it's not my judgment of myself that matters. It's not your judgment. It's not the culture's judgment of us that really matters. What matters is God's judgment of us. And so real, true humility in a biblical sense isn't just about how we think of ourselves. It's more than just not being arrogant. Of course, we can't be biblically humble and arrogant at the same time. So it is don't be arrogant. But it's more than just not being arrogant. It is being content with others holding a lower view of us than they should. But when we say, I don't want them to think I'm foolish. I don't want them to think I'm a coward. I don't want them to think I'm weak. Then we keep fighting and we keep trying to grapple for a higher rung on the ladder. We keep jockeying for position. We keep trying to move up to a better seat at the table. And Jesus says, this is not the way you live in the kingdom of heaven. This is not the way you enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you want to enter into and be a part of the kingdom of heaven, if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, then you have to humble yourself like a child. You have to be willing for the community, for your neighbors to think of you as a child, for them to look at you and say, you're so weak, you're so foolish, you're such a coward. Why don't you fight back? Why don't you take what's yours? Why don't you stand up for yourself? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You have to be okay with people not thinking highly of you. In fact, you have to be okay with people not thinking as highly of you as they should think of you. If we're really following the example of Jesus, then we're probably smarter than most people think we are. If we're following the example of Jesus, then we really are braver than people think we are. If we're following the example of Jesus, then we're stronger than people think we are. But we have to be willing to Be content with others taking a lower view of us than they should because this is what it looks like to humble ourselves the way Jesus humbled himself. Because Jesus is in the form of God. He is equal to God, but he gave up. He emptied himself and took on the form of a servant. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death, on a shameful cross. And Paul says, if you want to live out the gospel, you will follow that example. You will have that mind. You will, in humility, consider others more significant than yourselves. That's what it looks like to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's what it looks like for Jesus to be our example in a life interrupted. So with that in mind, let's spend just a minute in prayer as we close. Father, we thank you for this time we could spend together tonight. And Father, we we all struggle with humility. Every single one of us, I think, that is listening to this lesson tonight and thinking about these passages of Scripture, we all struggle, struggle to be humble. We want people to think highly of us. We want people to think we're wise. We want people to think we're brave. We want people to think we're tough. We want people to think we're strong. And Father, we repent. 
And we ask, Father, that you help us to take on the humility of Jesus, to take on the mind of Christ, that we in humility might consider others to be more significant than ourselves. Help us, Father, to fix our eyes on Jesus today and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love and I appreciate all of you. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week, and I hope to see you on Sunday. God bless. Take care.